Life Audio. We're living in a world where there's instant access and Instagram and Instacart, and we just get everything instantly with a tap, a swipe, or a push. So the moment that we actually have to wait and work, we want to walk away. Mm. Oh, that was a little alliteration in the nation. Do you see all those W's, preacher? Oh my W-W-W. Gosh. Okay. Where did that come, come from? Come on, somebody. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, you, I can't hype up myself. Look at me acting a dang fool already. I just need to stop. Uh-huh. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. I am your host, Caden Fabrizio. Back again with another awesome episode. I'm super excited for today's guest, for today's question, and I just just want to say thanks for coming. Thanks for clicking. Thanks for joining. We have a lot of fun on this podcast. If this is your first time, I want to say welcome to the pod, man. We're really excited to have you with us. Uh, The whole basis of this podcast is we just believe God. God's not afraid of your questions. You might have questions about faith, about God, about who is Jesus. What does he say about things in this world? What, why do things happen in this world? You may have questions that have kept you from God or keep you from going deeper with Jesus. And we just hope that this podcast can help become uh, something that would catapult you into a deeper relationship with Jesus, potentially even answer some of your questions that you have uh, about faith in general. But before we jump into this podcast, as always, we've got a couple quick things for y'all to go over. Number one being, make sure you subscribe everywhere that you listen to this podcast. It helps us out so much. I also want to let you guys know that this podcast is available on YouTube, the entire video. So if you're like uh, one of those people that's like more of a watcher than a listener, Go ahead and go to youtube.com slash Caden Fabrizio, and you can listen and watch this entire podcast in video. We, we work really hard to be able, be able to provide a super highly produced um, episode for you. So go ahead and check it out. Secondly, as always, shout out Life Audio. Thank you so much for all y'all do making this thing happen. Go ahead and go to lifeaudio.com to check out all the other amazing podcasts that they have um, tons of Christian podcasts, super awesome network. So go check them out. Thirdly, shout out you and me media for having us in the studio, man. It's just such a blessing to be able to get to film at such an incredible place. Uh, So if you're looking for a podcast studio and you live in LA or Southern California in general, I believe this is one of the best podcast studios in the state. So go ahead and go to you and me media.co click on studio and you can rent this incredible podcast space highly recommend highly highly recommend uh and lastly if you want to stay up to date with everything we got going on at qwc go ahead and go to cadenfabrizio.com and join our newsletter so you can stay up to date oh also not the last thing this is the last thing all of my southern california young adults i have great news for you yona is back And it's back and better than ever. We have our next Yona night, September 29th, in the Highlander Auditorium. I just want to speak to this real quickly. 
we took off August because we believe God's calling us into the next phase of Yona, which is actually the full vision of Yona that we've had since the beginning. And so what we're doing is we're putting on a larger event in cities. Um, we will be going to multiple cities in California. Um, and so this next event will be Yona Inland Empire on September 29th. We're renting a massive theater. We're going to have an incredible night. Tons of churches will be present. Their pastors, their teams. We have a lot of really cool stuff in store for y'all. So I just want to encourage you on September 29th, come to Yona at the Highlander Auditorium in Upland, California at 7.30 p.m. We're going to be there, and it's going to be an incredible night. Bring a friend. Bring a family member. Bring somebody that doesn't know Jesus or is just on the verge of maybe knowing Jesus. We'd love to show them who he is and potentially uh, they get to encounter him that night, maybe give their life to Jesus. So absolutely bring somebody with you. We'll see you there. All right, enough of me talking and introing this thing. Today we have the pastor Bianca Althoff with us on the podcast. What an absolute honor it is to have her. She has a brand new book coming out called Grit, Don't Quit. What a great title. And we're going to talk a little bit today about what it looks like to be gritty as a Christian. I think you're going to be really surprised to know that it may not look like what we think it does. Conversation super fun. We uh, learn that we have a lot of things in common and we have a great time. So I'm really excited for y'all to get a chance to learn from Bianca. I'd encourage you to take some notes and lean in. Alrighty, let's jump into this thing. Hey, Bianca, what's up? Hey, I'm so excited to be here. So excited to have this fun conversation. And this is amazing because we're both SoCal natives that get to connect via podcast. This is going to be a good time. I know. I'm so stoked. I, um, uh, the listeners got to know we literally just talked for like 20 minutes before. <laughs> and we're just That's like, when you know it's going to be a good show. <laughs> That's true. We had a full podcast before the podcast. <laughs> we should have been recording it. We should, we Courtney been. was running around like, we got to record. They're talking about good stuff. We got to record this. <laughs> But hey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's really awesome to have another person who grew up in the SoCal area like me. Uh Hold it down. What a privilege and honor it is. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. Hey, tell the uh, the listeners just real quickly uh, about what's going on in the life of your church, what's going on in your life, how things are for you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, again, SoCal SoCal native, born and raised. I am a, a pastor of the Father's House Orange County in Orange County, California. I am a Bible teacher and uh, author and a podcast. And most importantly, I am a lover of humans. And I love to gather people around my table, feed them with physical food, and allow Jesus to show up and he meets them with spiritual food. So some of my favorite things. Come on. Hey, are you cooking? Oh, always, honey. Oh, what do you the Lord what has are you cooking? In the kitchen. So come on. Um, Okay, so actually, like truth be told, for uh, yeah. once a month we have all staff, and it's our once a month where we gather, and we started the church in our living room, and so once a month we gather oh. everyone, and we make, we, me, uh, make a meal for all of them, and I realized, I think I've always wrestled with this idea of like leadership, and like, what's a leader, and also like as a female, as a daughter of an immigrant, as like feeling kind of like busted and crusted from East LA. Like, <laughs> am I really a leader? You know? And then yeah. I just realized I love to gather people. I love to feed them. And I always felt like that was less than, you know, Craig Rochelle has these amazing biceps and, you know, he has three <laughs> points and five ways and seven steps for everything. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm just not like that. You know, I but know. 
I started realizing that I have the ability to gather people and I have the ability to feed people and I have the ability to make the Bible come alive. And you know what was what I realized is that that's the leadership of Jesus. He had a very different leadership style than anyone else. And I'm not saying that that way is better. I'm just saying, wait, I am a leader and I'm following the way of Jesus. So, um, Last month, oh, I, my husband and I led a tour to Israel uh, about six weeks oh, ago. And bucket I, list for me. Oh, oh no. You need to save your shekels, honey. Because <laughs> when you go to Israel, the Bible becomes scratch and sniff. It becomes 3D. Like you get to I, – I, this weekend I'm teaching on the pool of – I'm going to say the pool of Bethesda, but let me say it like a good Jew. It's the pool of Bethesda, <laughs> and I am 1% Jew. Jewish, so I'm Jew-ish. Wow. So I'm going to tell you how to say it. Yeah, um, Jew-ish, like <laughs> sort of. Yeah, Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm preaching about it this Sunday, and we literally got to stand there at this pool to see where this miracle of a paralyzed man happened. And, I, I mean, that wow. to me was like such a privilege, such an honor, and such a gift. And so the idea of uh, leadership, the idea of making the Bible come alive, and the idea of gathering people, um, you know, around my dinner table. And so when we were in Israel, I took a cooking class. And so I was like, well, I'm not just going to take a class and be like, yeah, I know how to cook Israeli food. I got to legit cook Israeli food. So I made makluba. I made uh, fatouche. I made tabouleh. I made some amazing seasoned chicken. And uh, we, I, I threw down for the, oh, and homemade, and homemade um, m- Middle Eastern focaccia as well. So, I mean, brother, I threw down. I threw is down. this a dinner invite? Ah! Is that what it was? You know, if you want to come good. and do leadership development for our staff, like, yes, it is I an would, open invite. Okay? I would love to. I would love to. I'm coming and I'm just coming for the food. All right. Hey, that's fine. And then that's we can fine. have our leadership. I'll make you pray over people or something. Like, I'll Absolutely. make you sing for your supper, baby. <laughs> uh, I will. I'll do it. I'll do whatever I got to do for it. That's so awesome. I love that you were saying like, hey, I, I figured out that. Um, it was leadership like Jesus, because yeah. I think, I mean, we're not really talking about leadership today, but we could talk about whatever we want. Yes, we can. Um, <laughs> but I just think that like leadership in the world and the, and the lie is that it's very demonstrative and it's very in your face and it's very, um, Hey, follow me and then serve me as you follow me. And the, the truth and the reality is, is scripture says the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Hello. And you see, like you said, Jesus gathers people and he feeds them. I love like the story of the feeding of the 5,000, which you and I both know was more than 5,000. Mm-hmm. But what he did there is if we went through that scripture and we walked through it, you would see that he did. He fed them first spiritually. Then he fed them physically. Hello. But before he did all of that, he just gathered them. Yeah. And so I think that, that there's something very overlooked in our culture about gathering people and then serving people. And um, I'll just encourage listeners like leadership. uh, It doesn't have to be glamorous. Uh, I think it's even more powerful when you get in the trenches of, of it with your people. Absolutely. Uh, But Hey, let's, let's talk about what we came to talk about. (laughs) Let's do it. How's that sound? Hey, on questions with Caden, what we do is we ask one question uh, every episode and we try and break it down so that hopefully you understand um, I learned that a lot of questions actually are barriers for us. And I believe Jesus is not afraid of your questions, but he wants those barriers to become bridges to him. And so today we're asking the question, should I quit? <laughs> and I think what a great question, because I believe every single one of us asks ourselves this question at least once a year. Yeah. Should I, when it gets hard, should I quit? And I'm really excited to tell you guys about it. Bianca's got an amazing book called Grit, Don't Quit, which great title, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It's coming out uh, August 28th, correct? Yes, that's correct. That is so exciting. Is there like, there's going to be like a pre-order link, correct? 
Yes. Yep. And we'll make sure that all of your listeners get it and we'll send it to you. And not, and not only like shameless plug, not only is, uh, I just want to be like secretly like a biblical Oprah. So I have a ton Mm. of giveaways that when people pre-order, they get, uh, I mean, they get a a six week Bible study, they get a couple downloads, they get access to a bunch of different things and access to a book club. But then my favorite thing is like online when people pre-order, they could also um, enter into win like a thousand dollar Nordstrom gift card or five hundred dollars to Aloe because gritty oh we got to get gritty and take care of our bodies as well. Gritty so, and stay pretty. That's a, ooh, oh my gosh! <laughs> yet why didn't I put that in the book? I'll sell it to you. We need to we need to start a whole like hashtag about it. But <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> gritty and stay pretty. I'll trade you that for the thousand dollar gift card. <laughs> ooh ooh, uh, you know. But here's the thing: you got to enter. So Ooh, you true. gotta enter. I can't. I, there's no favoritism. I gotta be honest. Okay, true, true. Oh, well, there's favor from the Lord, so I'll enter and I'll win. But hey, we're getting the, that link for all that stuff. Listeners will be in the description below. But we really want to answer that question: Should I quit today? And I think after this episode, hopefully, you are encouraged, inspired to step into deeper what God's calling you into with a little bit more grit. Um, Bianca, you don't want to pray for us, and we'll just jump into this thing. How's it sound? I love it. I love it. Spirit of the living God, we invite you into this space and this place, wherever we are listening from, whether the treadmill or our car sitting in traffic or getting ready for work, we just know that you could speak to us anytime, any day, any moment, in any way. And so will you make your presence manifest in our midst? We want to experience you and have honest conversations. We get to process pain and have uh, truth be revealed to us. For those that feel like they want to quit, um, God, I pray that you reveal to them the best way, if it's your way and if it's your time to do it well. And for those that know that they're not released, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you give them your strength, Holy Spirit strength, uh, to do what they feel like uh, they don't know that they could do. To you be the glory in this conversation, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, awesome. I think this is not on my list of questions I want to talk about, but we started talking about this a bit before the episode. and. I think we should just dive into this a Let's bit. Go. Let's go. There's this, I, there's this idea, and I mentioned it to you, and we were talking about it a bit, but this idea that resiliency and consistency is, like, I believe con- considerably underrated in, our, in, in, in my generation and in younger generations. And um, So I want to talk about a bit about that today. Why do you think consistency, resiliency, why do you think that that, like, as a baseline is, like, an important way to live? And then how do you think that that can relate to our faith? You know, okay, so we were kind of talking about this, and I just want to bring all the listeners into the conversation. I said that it was one of the most underrated values. Um, Mm. When we talk about consistency and resiliency, that's not going to be the thing that, like, people are going to – that's not going to go viral. But what Mm -mm. it does do is make disciples of Jesus, and it makes us stronger than we ever think that we could imagine. And so uh, the reason why resiliency and consistency aren't very popular is because it's hard. Yeah. And it requires so much work. And so I am in Instacart and we just get everything instantly with a tap, a swipe or a push. So the moment that we actually have to wait and work, we want to walk away. Mm. Oh, that was a little alliteration in the nation. Do you see all those W's preacher? Oh my WWW. Gosh. Okay. Where did that come, come from? Come on somebody. Okay. All right. Um, you, I can't hype up myself. Look at me acting a dang fool already. I just need to stop. I'm going to put a muzzle on. Jesus. Uh, someone's going to shout you down. I, <laughs> if it's going to be you, it's going to be you. We've all been at, we've all preached at that place where no one's shouting you down. So you just got to do it yourself. You, in do it yourself. you, just, you know what? Yeah. I have done that for real. I have done that. You, you, you've been there too, bro. You've been there too. Oh, I already know. Uh, so yeah. So I would say that the moment that we have to either wait or work, we just want to quit and walk away. But mm. some of the greatest ministry that we see in the scope of so many different Bible characters is this idea of just showing up. Yeah. 
And one of my favorite uh, stories of the Bible, it's actually not in the book. The book, I really wanted to talk. I have a Bible boyfriend. His name is Paul the Apostle. I love him. <laughs> the man can do no wrong. He's a legalist and I'm a recovering legalist. So like, I mean, we're a kismet match meant to be. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I love him. So he, if you take a look at the scope of his life and his ministry life, where he came from, what he did, and then the legacy that he left, he literally is the prototype and the beautiful example of what grit and resilience is. And some hyper spiritual person out there is going to be like, what about Jesus? Well, listen, the moment that we can turn water into wine, then fine. Then we could all be like Jesus. But yeah, like yeah. Paul was a normal man, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so he's always like my point of reference. But one character that gets not enough love is Noah. And for over a hundred years, the man woke up every day mm. to cut wood, to saw planks, to use pitch, which is tar, and to assemble. And the next day he cut wood, he sawed it, he put tar, and he assembled. And the next day he woke up, he cut wood, he sawed off the edges, he put tar, and he assembled. And I think that we have lost the art of apprenticeship, the art of saying, it doesn't make sense to me. Noah hadn't seen water. Noah didn't know what a boat was. It had never rained, according to the Bible. So yet he is trusting the Lord for this vision that he had, this insight that he had, this revelation that he had that made sense to no one else except him. Yeah. And so for those people that are out there right now, I, I don't know where this is coming from because we didn't even discuss this, but for the, for, I know, I know that there's somebody out there right now that just feels like I'm just showing up to the office. I'm just sending emails. I'm just changing my 75th baby diaper. I'm just <laughs> doing this. I'm going to tell you that it's going to, it's going to matter. Your yeah. work is going to matter. It doesn't make sense now, but when it begins to rain, everyone will look at you and be like, she really heard from God. He really honored God. And it's those moments that I think over uh, consistency and resiliency over long periods of time prove to not only yourself, but also to others that you are stronger than most people gave you credit for, but most importantly, you are obedient to the will of God. And ultimately, that's that's what I want to live my life. And on a, people can say a lot of things about me, good and bad. But the one thing that I believe that people will say at the end of my life was she obeyed God. Yeah. And when we obey God and he tells you to go, no matter how tired you feel, no matter, no matter how life has knocked you down, you are not knocked out. We have to learn the art of getting back up and trying again and again, and again. Yeah, no, that's so good, Bianca. Let me shout you down. Come on, <laughs> that's fire. No, I love that you used the the example of Noah because if I can just preach out of my own life for a second. Please. I, three years ago, um, started on this journey for just, just disobeying the Lord, going from being a believer to being somebody who has vision for their life from the Lord and says, okay, I'm gonna go after what you are asking me to do. And um, for two years, it felt like all I did was wake up and hammer away, wake mm -hmm. up and hammer a nail, wake up and hammer a nail. And I remember one day I was just, just I mean, it had probably been a year and a half. I had launched this podcast because um, I knew the Lord told me to, but it was not doing well. It had not blown up like I thought it was going to. It was not successful. I was changing um, changing content strategies on Instagram and I was losing followers and Everything just seemed like it was going downhill, and this podcast wasn't doing well. And just every day, I just knew the Lord was like, "Just keep working at it. Just keep working at it. Just keep working at it." And uh, one of the days, I was actually like ready to quit. I was like, "I'm done. I, this is not working. I'm throwing in the towel. It's been two years. Nothing is happening. Like I can't continue on this trajectory." The Lord led me to Noah and the story of the flood, and 
I, I pulled out the exact same things that you were just speaking on right now about what Noah was doing. He just kept hammering away. Yeah. And he looked stupid to everybody else. Yeah. And he looked dumb to everybody else. Mm-hmm. His family thought he was crazy. Mm-hmm. His neighbors thought he was crazy. He mm-hmm. thought he was crazy at times. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you. And for years, because what people don't know is the boat took Noah close to a decade to, to build. It took him forever to build this thing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, brother. Wait, we got to get our theology. I, mean, I said 100. I thought it was a century. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to turn my phone. Keep wait, on wait, going. which, which one's 100 years? I, I want a, a century. Okay, it took him 100 years, right? Yeah. I, I, okay. I, wait, uh, listen, bro, listen. We're, we're yeah, yeah, look, look it up, look it up, look it up. You keep preaching it and I'll be your fact checker. Go. Yeah, yeah, We usually have Maddie B here who looks this stuff up, but he's on vacation. <laughs> so we, we needed him today. But I think it took whatever, it took him 100 years to build a boat. For 100 years, Noah got up every single day look and it, faithfully. Look we ain't heretics, 120 years. I knew it wasn't crazy, bro. I knew it wasn't crazy. Praise God. Okay, 120. Go ahead, baby. Go ahead. <laughs> it took him 100 years to build a boat. Mm-hmm. And he did it every single day. And I can guarantee mm-hmm. you there were days where he was hammering away on this boat going, what the heck am I doing? But one day, Noah looked like a genius. <laughs> one day, it rained and everybody was like, Noah was correct. Noah was right. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I prayed, Lord, please don't let me look stupid because I'm looking people in the face going, the podcast is going to be successful. The podcast is going to be successful. It's going to go well. Things are going to happen. And I looked dumb. And then God reveals Yona. We launched Yona. He's been doing amazing things. The podcast seeming like blows up seeming like basically the same exact time. But it was almost three years Mm. of diligence, consistency, resilience. But I think what ends up happening is a lot of us and a lot of listeners, we just don't have a good grasp on obedience Mm. because we've convinced ourselves that obedience has to equal success. (gasps) So if I'm obedient, then immediately I'll be successful. But what I learned in my life and what you can see all throughout Scripture Obedience is not success. It's just yes. That's it. It just means, okay. It just means, okay, I'll build a boat and it'll take me 100 years, 365 days, 100 times. I'll build a boat and it won't look like a boat for 100 years, but I'll do it anyway. And it won't be successful for 100 years, but I'll do it anyway. Why? Because you understand the importance of obedience. That's the only way you can be resilient and consistent. I want to I ask you this question, too. Since some, for some reason we're talking about Noah, is Noah even in your book? No, no. Well, actually, okay, there's this, like a one byline that like talking about perseverance and the snail made the ark. It's, it's a Spurgeon quote, you know, and I, I threw it in there. Yeah. Other than that, no, literally, this is a whole separate conversation. But I feel so passionate about it because, I mean, he's one of the people that we would deem like crazy. 120 yeah. years of obedience. We get tired after one day of praying or, or mm-hmm. one week of consistent behavior. We're like, God didn't do it. I've been going yeah. to church for a month. You know, and I'm just like, uh, honey, we got to get over that because people have been waiting years. I mean, yeah. let's think about like, Joseph. He's another great example. It's, it's estimated 13 years in prison, 13 years in prison before he got to actualize uh, some of the, the dreams that were prophesied that he interpreted and he saw. But more than 13 years in prison, I mean, you take a look at like when he got the dream of his brothers and his family bowing down to him. That is, that is decades of waiting. Uh, Abraham. Abraham, what about, what about Jesus waited three and a half years uh, before doing what he was 
born on this earth to do. There's David. always a way. David, David, I mean, come on. So if you're in a waiting season, that's a gestation period. That's that, That's the getting ready. And I feel like for, you know, I want to say, oh, for your generation, but if I'm honest, I think all of us in every generation, every stage, we wrestle with this hatred of waiting. But I think because your generation has been born literally with instant access to anything, yeah. the idea of waiting feels like if I have to wait, then it must be a no. Mm-hmm. When the idea of waiting could actually be waiting for the best thing that could ever happen to you. And uh, I, I love that you had mentioned, you know, success. And we think, you know, this has to be success. I think that obedience is success if we define adequately what success is. Success isn't being number one. Success isn't having the top rated podcast or the New York Times bestseller or the largest church. Success is obedience. That's the prize. Yeah. A Hebrew says that Jesus was obedient to the point of death. That's not the, that's not the success we want to talk about today. No, Mm-mm. we want it now. We want it our way. We want it quick. We want it slick, shiny, and sexy. We want mm-hmm. to be the best, look the best, have the best. Where do we see that in scripture? Yeah. So I think, I think you're onto something. I, I just think it's diligence. It's resilience. It's obedience. It's, it's, those, it's death to self that we get yeah. to walk in the favor of what God is calling us to. No, that's so good. I agree with you. I think we do, for some reason, as believers, we often get confused and compare success to like success of the world. Like we often compare to culture. So we go like, instead of using scripture to identify success for us, we let culture tell us what success is. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact is but then we just try and make it look christian yeah (laughs) so it's like oh yeah success like it's not for the followers but then everyone's like oh but you're successful this because you got followers yeah you know but that's not in scripture at all and i love that you talked about that Mm. um your book it's called grit don't quit yes which unbelievable title (laughs) a little bit of rhyme a little bit of just swagger. That's the LA in me. A little I bit of bring sauce. A little bit of hood to the holy. Yeah, just a little bit of like, mm, you're right. It doesn't. But I wanted to ask you, and this was my genuine first thought when I um, when I read the title. I was like, grit don't quit. Okay, well, I can kind of wrap my mind around what grit looks like culturally. Mm. What does grit look like for a Christian? Oh, I love that question. You know, um, the word grit isn't specifically in the Bible, um, but there are hints and uh, nugget points and attributes and characteristics of biblical characters who exemplify what grit is. And uh, we take 
words like resilience and grit that's not in the Bible, but we see perseverance and endurance that's in the Bible. So the, these this idea and attributes, oh, it's laden in scripture. We see it through the life of times of so many biblical characters. What I kind of want to like pull back is um, there's so much scientific research. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a data nerd. I'm a word nerd. I I'm, I'm actually was homeschooled as a kid, so I'm definitely a nerd. Me but, too. Uh, oh, are you homeschooled? Serious? Let's go. Homeschooled? Oh my gosh. Wait, okay. So were you one of the, the ride or die homeschoolers that homeschooled through high school? So I actually only got homeschooled when I was in seventh grade and I did seventh grade through high school because I was homeschooled to oh. like play tennis and stuff like that. Oh, so, for, oh my gosh. Tennis? You play yeah. tennis too? Okay. I'm liking you way more. Do you play more. tennis? Oh my gosh. Avid. And, and, and I'm hosting my own tennis tournament here in Orange County. <laughs> no way. I mean, it's nothing big. It's like people from church or whatever. But for the first That's time so awesome. in 10 years, literally just three weeks ago, I beat my husband, which has never happened. And like, I'm not talking about like in a, a set of, you know, four to six. No, I whooped him. It was six to one. I was like, Let's Jesus, go. On the throne. Jesus is on the throne. No, I've been really working at it. Okay. Are so you, you, are you watching Wimbledon? Yes. Yeah, come absolutely. on. Absolutely. Who, who do you want? Who do you want to win? Okay. So you know what? Okay. So ever since the Netflix documentary came out, I don't know if okay. you've seen Breakpoint. Yeah. Breakpoint. Of course. I lo- okay. Okay. I hate to say that I like Curios, but I really love Oh my Curios. gosh. Bianca, Nick Curios <laughs> is my favorite tennis player on the planet. No, he's not. Yeah, so my dad. I don't want to like him. I don't. My, I know. Like him. No, I want to like him. He's I so love everything naughty. about him. He's such he a makes it, talk about grit. He it, makes. It, that's why I like. He him. makes tennis gritty. He's what <laughs> tennis needed. I'm like, dude, tennis needed a little bit of a bad boy. I know. I know. We needed a little bit of respect. You know, we just had like all these like country club kids, and I'm like, <laughs> we needed a little bit of sauce out there. I love him. I love it. I think he's brought back some of like that. Uh, the urban kind of culture ever since mm-hmm. Serena and Venus have been off the court uh you know he's brought it back which I think is so he's great. from Australia but he gives me a little LA and I love it oh for sure because he's into NBA like basketball yeah. street culture for yeah. sure yes absolutely and I love that his dad flies to like his major tournaments just to like support him and stuff and what I really like about him is that he's very much in his head and you see how much he has to battle like the mental game yeah. that to me is really fascinating fritz is another one of my favorites love um, taylor i i do okay taylor are you on a first name basis with him you're so cool. no you're we so grew up cool. at like the same tournaments wait are you that so, legit of a player so he like was he was a socal guy so we saw him like oh there's taylor winning everything <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know it's like he was the kid who was like we're all in the same tournaments and taylor's in the draw and you're going great okay you know, like, oh, okay. You're like well, legit. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, play, I literally played seventh grade all the way through college. Big part of my testimony. Um, okay. Big, yeah. Big part of, I didn't think I'd be doing this. Okay, I thought wait, I'd be wait, doing Wait, 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 wait. You were homeschooled because you were cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was That's homeschooled because we were raised in the hood and my parents wanted that, to protect us from like gang fights, you know? But I yeah. did go to high school. I wasn't one of those like extra weird homeschoolers. I actually went to like public high school and praise the Lord because I would have been even more weird than I already So am. that's why you have social skills. That's right. Because you went. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Yeah, good. <laughs> Every homeschooler out there is totally going to hate us after this. No, they <laughs> know. They're aware. I literally went to a young adult group last night to support one of my buddies who pastors it. And I ran into a friend and she's homeschooled. And we had this exact same conversation last <laughs> night. And she's aware. She's aware you of what You want to know happens. something? Everyone who went through COVID, all the kids, we can't make fun of homeschoolers anymore because literally everyone has been a homeschooler. So it's at that true, point, like, point. We're, not even, we're not even dorky or cool. We're just basic, you know? <laughs> yeah, we're just like, it was either your parents are just like really Christian. <laughs> Mine were. Or like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Or you're just like, or you were like good at a sport. Yeah. 
<laughs> I have the fun. We could talk about homeschool in this podcast all day because my homeschool, the way that in high school, the way they had me do it is my testing center. Because you had to obviously go take a test, right? So you couldn't just like fake your way through school. My testing center was connected to Options for Youth. So I was, which I don't know if you know what Options for no, Youth what is. is that? It's if you get like arrested or like <gasps> you stabbed somebody or you got pregnant or like yeah. you dropped out. You like are the verge of dropping out of school. You go to <laughs> Options for Youth. So they decided that, oh, yeah, that'd be the greatest place for homeschoolers to take tests. Hilarious. So, like, I'd go take tests at a testing center, and there's, like, kids, like, handcuffed to, like, the table. And, like, and they're making like, sh- shanks and shivs out of pens, yeah. and you got to watch and yourself. Like, and I'm like, I just play tennis. I don't even, I don't even know. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, we, we, were, uh, we were talking about perseverance. I don't, oh, so, wait. Yeah. Biblical concepts. Grit. Grit. Yeah, yeah. Grit. What does grit mean as a Christian? Oh, that's right. That's right. So um, the ability to not give up. uh, Perseverance is pushing through when we want to give up, and endurance is the long haul. And we do see that in scripture. And so um, we we have a lot of people that can define grit and define resilience or define uh, perseverance. But I wanted to really put practical handles on how do we build it? Because the misnomer is some people are born gritty and some people are not. And I went into wow. the deep dive. I had a conversation with a, a woman who she knows my past. She knows like where I was raised and how I was, how I was raised. And she said, well, that's easy for you because you were born with grit. You had to build it. And it made me pause or whatever and kind of like have an interesting conversation after that. And it left me thinking. And that's literally that conversation was what birthed the book because I wanted to prove, no, no, no. Grit is something that you can build. And mm. I wanted to give biblical principles and not just tell people, hey, be resilient. Hey, get back up. You know, Proverbs says the righteous fall seven, but they get up eight times. That sounds yeah. beautiful. It's a great Instagram meme. We print it on mugs and crochet it on pillows. But I want people to actually get practical handles. How do yeah. I build this? How do I build this? And so that's what the book kind of uncovers. They take people on this journey of it's it's our mind, it's our lives, it's our mindset, it's comparison, really breaking this down, making it super practical. And then, um, you know, the whole concept of the book is that we don't quit. But mm-hmm. there are times, I, I kept on going back with my editor because I was like, I feel like we need to put language around, well, what happens when we do need to quit. I was going to ask you that question. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, well, you're such a good interviewer. Okay, go ahead. Ask me the question. Let's, let's okay, ask, I was going to ask you. you go ahead. Yeah, I was going to ask you, obviously, we're talking about grit. We're talking about yeah. should I quit? And I think it's easy for us to assume when someone's like, should I quit? We're like, don't. Keep going. You know, like, mm-hmm. keep grinding. And I'm going to be the first guy to tell you that because that's just how I was raised. You know, yeah. that's just like what's in me. It's like, hey, you're going to mm-hmm. work and you're mm-hmm. going to be resilient and like mm-hmm. you're going to see things through. Yeah. But there are times when you should quit. Absolutely. There's times when like you do need to quit on that relationship. Hello. Like there's times hold on, you hold do need to. That's a word for somebody. That, wait, hey. time out. That, in the, in the, may the spirit of God convict somebody right now because the, the, the man of Shut God up. just gave somebody a word because hey. you're in a dysfunctional relationship. You value them more than they value you. You are mm-hmm. compromising on your morals and values. Yep. And now's the time where you evaluate and say, nah, bro, that's not for me. Not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carry also, on. there's times when you should quit the job mm-hmm. because yeah. God told you to quit the job. Yep. But you yep. want to be safe. Mm-hmm. So you didn't quit the job Ooh. because you don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. Mm-hmm. But God told you to quit the job mm-hmm. because you don't realize that when you quit, you actually get to start. Yep. Yep. 100%. So there are times when you need to quit. Absolutely. And I want to put language around that for sure. 
how do you figure those out? How do you okay. know time to quit, time to press on, time yeah. to give up, time to get gritty? Yeah. So before I dive into kind of like the nuts and bolts uh, within the book about, you know, this is how you build grit and this is how you, why you don't give up, I knew I wanted a disclaimer. So I put a disclaimer in the book towards the end. And then I actually added an appendix at the end with a couple articles that I thought would help people, you know, in processing what this means. But uh, early on in the book, here's a disclaimer. I, I quoted Kenny Rogers, a country song from back in the day. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And there's you sometimes- You got to know <laughs> when to hold them. Hey. Yes, you know. No win fold. Come on. Um, so so the disclaimer is uh the disclaimer is a little bit more practical. When okay, we have to set some boundaries here. We don't just continue to move on. If there is abuse in a relationship, then we're compromising Imago Day. The that we are made in the image of God and we're accepting treatment and behavior and conduct that is contrary to the word of God. And uh, abuse can go two ways. It can come from somebody above you. It can come from somebody beneath you. You have to be wise enough. And by, by beneath, I mean in a work situation or in a, in a serving or service situation. So uh, number one, first and foremost, is abuse. If there is abuse going on, um, immediately speak to a counselor, uh, somebody with godly wisdom that's going to walk you through, wait a minute, am I being abused here? Yeah. I also want to put a caveat in that because I think um, with our per, our current cultural landscape and perspective is that we are, we're like triggered over everything. And I don't want to be dismissive, but sometimes we feel like I'm abused because somebody gives you a standard. Yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah. believe they're making me do this. It's your job. Like yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah, some honest yeah. conversations, you know, Absolutely. but if there is abuse and you know, people are speaking into it and they're aware of it and you've been processing it with a, a godly mentor, counselor, a therapist, uh, Hey, that's an, that's an immediate no. Um, another time when you know that you have to walk away is is this a, a season that you're supposed to be committed and give it, or is this a lifetime? And I think sometimes we can get those confused. Is it a season that I'm supposed to be here at this church, or am I ride or die until the end? Is it a season that I'm supposed to be friends with this person, or is it like lifetime, ride or die? Is it a season that I'm in this job and being developed in these skills, or is it a lifetime? I think that having a healthy perspective before making decisions, before going into the job, before taking that role, before whatever, ask yourself, Lord, give me clarity on whether or not this is a season or if this is forever. And then, uh, biblically, biblically, cause I know that there's going to be married people that read the book, you know, uh, some people are going to want to read the book with an excuse to get divorced. And, um, I was very intentional about the language because I don't want to, I don't want to tell people what to do. I want the spirit of God to give them wisdom on what to do. So I was cautious about using, using the word uh, adultery, because of course, if there's adultery in a, in a marriage, there's biblical grounds for divorce. I intentionally use the word infidelity because I think it's bigger than just marriage. Um, infidelity is a breaking of a vow or contract. Now, clearly in marriage, if you go outside of the bounds of marriage, then there has been infidelity in the marriage. But I also believe that there's people who enter into work relationships, business partnerships or whatever, where there is a vow that's made, there's a promise that's made and somebody breaks it. That is when you can quit. If you make a, a, a vow that, Hey, we're going to build this project together. We're going to build this business together. We're going to build this pitch together. And someone doesn't help hold up their end of the deal. That is infidelity. They didn't keep their word. That's a time to quit. So that's in the disclaimer. But then, but then I just don't want to, you know, give these caveats and be like, that's it yeah. at the end, because I want people, I don't want to spoon feed people answers. I want the spirit of God to equip them. And I want to like give them questions to ask at the end in the appendix. There's five questions that I really belabored walking people through. When do you quit? 
If we trust our emotions, emotions are good indicators. Emotions are from God. It's how he speaks to us. But sometimes our emotions can lead us to move. Even if God says it's time to go, when is the time to go? How do I go? How do I exit? How do I leave? And like you alluded to, sometimes we stay because of comfort. Sometimes we stay because of opportunity. Sometimes we stay out of a false sense of safety or loyalty. Mm. You know, there's a lot of reasons why we stay. And um, I, I think... The, the negative side, the shadow side of this conversation of grit, don't quit, is that we can think, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be a martyr. Oh, I'm just going to die to myself. Yeah. No, uh, Jesus came to give you life and life abundant. So in these five questions at the end of the book, um, I really give people practical handles. This is my favorite one because I think it's nomenclature that I didn't grow up with, um, but it's, uh, the, it's the fifth and final question. The question is, am I released? Hmm. Now, I have a whole story as to like where I got to like this point, but I was in a season, there was so much that was going on and I just felt like, golly, there's so much opposition. It's clear I ain't supposed to be here. Like I took opposition as, nope, you didn't hear God. This isn't his will. Bone out, peace out, throw up the deuces, you're gone. And it was a coworker who looked at me and said, but are you released? And I really Mm. had to go theologically and think through what does release mean? Because it's not necessarily a word that we see in the Bible, but it's a principle. If God calls you to something, have you completed that task? And, um, again, it's nomenclature that was foreign to me. I didn't grow up in like a charismatic or Pentecostal background. And so this idea felt super like foreign, but it's basically has the hand of God come off you and released you to go ahead and exit. So I walk people through like, okay, what does release look like? And how do we walk through this theologically and then practically? But those five questions, literally, I I, I use them all the time. I give them away. I think everyone should ask, when is the time to end a relationship? When is the time to quit a church? I hate saying quit a church, transition a church or transition (laughs) a job or, you know, transition a relationship, not just a friendship, but a dating relationship. These five questions are such a rubric to help us make wise and sound decisions. Yeah, that's so good, Bianca. I love that. Um, I love the, <laughs> I love that the idea of release, like the yeah. idea of like yeah. I love the picture you use, like the hand mm-hmm. off of mm-hmm. what you're doing, um, because I, I tell people this a lot, like um, in terms of like purpose and stuff. They're like, well, how do you know God's on what I'm doing? And I always, I always say, hey, God will allow whatever you allow. You have authority, but that doesn't mean His hand is on what you're allowing in your life. Absolutely. So I think there are a lot of people that are they're like you said, they're in this season where they have been released and they're experiencing this martyr or this like feeling of like, oh, I just feel so crushed by this. And it's like, yeah, because God's hand left this <laughs> eight months ago when he told you to quit the job. Oh he went. Yes. He's like, Hey, quit the job, I'm gonna meet you over. And you get okay, doesn't quit the job and wondering why God's over there waiting for you, like, hey, are you yep. gonna come over here? This is where the hand is. Yep. yep. And then you're wondering why oh things just got really yep. hard. Yep. Yeah, because God's not on it. Yes. I would rather be in the will of God. I had to learn this the hard way, truthfully, but I'd rather be in the will of God and be uncomfortable than be comfortable and have his hand not on my life. Come on. Absolutely. I'd rather experience favor in the will of God than lacking favor in my own accord because I yeah. got stubborn. And I, yeah. I learned that the hard way. I did that. I um so I wanted to ask you th- this other question, and I think actually you started to talk about this, and then we started talking about tennis. 
Um, shout out Nick Kyrgios. Like, he's not listening to the podcast, you know? <laughs> hey, hey, uh-uh. You're going to you're speak. When he listens to this. Come on. When someone tags him in yes. this podcast episode, and he's blessed because not only do we shout him out, but we tell him, get back on the court, baby. You're injured right get now, back, baby. but that's not your end. If you're not dead, our God is not done. Get no. back up, baby. Get back up. You got We got it. the great got physician it. for you, Nick. His name is Jesus. <laughs> And you may yeah. have a broken <laughs> knee, but he can heal your knee and your heart. Come Jehovah on, somebody. Rafa, come on. Come on, come on. Hey, hey um, no, I just want to ask you, you got started on this idea of the science behind quitting. Ooh, yeah. And I really want to know, I want to know what does that look like? Because there's something interesting in the human mind and just the, mm. the human proclivity that like quitting is like so tempting. Oh, yeah. Like it's so like juicy almost like it's like it's almost like the forbidden fruit it's almost mm-hmm. just like the quits like just quit mm-hmm. like I promise you it'll get better when you just quit and you're kind of like maybe I should if it sounds nice you know there's just this interesting battle that you have in the human mind of just quit it's better when you quit just give up I want to hear your thoughts what are the what is the science behind quitting why is it why why is the human nature to want to give up so easily the temptation to quit will always be there. You will always wrestle and hear the voice. Oh, it's just so much easier if you quit. Yeah. But quitters never win and winners never quit. Come on. There's Fire. literally science behind how we can reprogram our brains. So even now, even joking around when we were talking about Nick, yes, we're bringing him back into the conversation. Shout out Nick. Um, about Ooh. like you, you t- talking about like, he's not going to hear this. I believe that when we begin to reprogram our brain with now, Somebody's going to hear this and going to say that this is like positivity psychology. It's really not. It's speaking the word of God. And what happens is there's something called the negativity. um, um, Oh, I'm blanking. Hold on. Negativity receptivity, as in um, we have a negativity bias. So Mm. negative things are like Velcro and positive things are like Teflon. Meaning if somebody can say something to you when you were five years old that, you know, you're ugly. Your dad could have said that you're a failure. Your mom could have blamed you and shamed you about your body or your image. And those things are like Velcro. They stick to you forever. But positivity and positive words and thoughts and comments and feedback is like Teflon. As in, if you're familiar with cooking, Teflon is the material where nothing sticks to. It just slides right off. So our our brain is prone to negativity. So... We have to retrain our brain. And I mean, I mean, we, we speak about that. Paul speaks about this quite often, you know, that we take captive our thoughts and we mm-hmm. submit them to Christ. You know, as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. We are rewiring our brain. There is neuroscience and neurochemistry that we are repaving and rebuilding uh, pathways that have been formed because of trauma, because of insult, because of abuse, that we get to actually rewire and retrain our brain so people who say i'm not resilient i can't get back up if you don't believe that you can you won't Mm. you already know what quitting feels like can you discover what staying feels like and the fruit of that and there's no guarantee of what the world determines to be success but at the end of that it's that obedience that leads not just to you but to future generations because there will be moments when life gives you lemons but i just don't want to make lemonade the adage is when life gives you lemons make lemonade no i want to take the seed and plant it so that there's trees for other people to harvest in my decision making come on that is the benefit of not quitting that is the benefit of getting back up and that is the benefit of grit
That's so good. I love that. When I was growing up, my dad always said that. You know, it's one of those annoying things that your dad says when you're a kid that you hated, but now you're an adult. You're like, God, he was a genius. You know, he always used to say, like, you you can get a taste for quitting. And, like, if you continue quitting, it actually becomes your your, your pattern becomes your behavior. Yeah. And so, exactly. like, in the smallest things, in my dad would not let us kids quit. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Because he had this idea that you quit in one thing and that you, you allow quitting to win essentially. Mm-hmm. And it starts to bleed into all the other areas of your life. Absolutely. So this, it was like, it was literally like sm- the smallest of things. And I remember one time I was like 14 years old and I tanked a, a tennis match. I completely quit. I just completely quit it. And my dad was so mad at me. And I remember in the car, my dad was like, you know, you know why I'm mad at you? And I was like, why? He's like, I'm not mad because you lost a tennis match. I'm mad because you now know what it feels like to quit. And that mm. could affect every single part of your life. Ooh. And that yeah. like, that stung me because I realized, oh my gosh, mm. if I can justify quitting in one area, I can justify quitting across the board. Absolutely. I want to ask this question. It's probably one of our last questions. We're sitting here about 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, just one last thing, one last tip. What would you say for listeners? Um, give them a tip for bouncing back after disappointment. Give them an encouraging tip. How about this? Instead of a tip, let me end with a quick story. Okay. So, uh, the Lord called me to go into prisons and, uh, share the gospel and resource the incarcerated. And this one time we had an opportunity not to do one, not two, but three amazing prison conferences. And I was so excited. And the day before uh, at the time our church was mobile. So we're setting up and tearing down. And as we had finished our two services and we were packing up the truck, I jumped off of, um, not, not a moving truck, but the moving truck as in it was stationary. (laughs) This is a non-dramatic story. But as I did, I rolled my ankle, blacked out, Mm. like fell on the asphalt. And I was, I I, I literally, kid, and I thought I broke my ankle. I begged my husband, I was crying. I was like, you have to take me to the hospital. I broke my ankle. And while I was there, um, I was there for six hours and 10 x-rays and all this other stuff. At the end of it, um, the I told my husband, I said, there's no way I'm going to prison tomorrow. I'm exhausted. I can't do this. And he said, I'm not going to force you to go, but I want you to think about the lives of people that will be inf- affected if you quit. And I was so mad at him because I was just like, dude, I don't want you to tell me this right now. Yeah, like, I'm just I just like want to sleep. Yep. And yeah. I, I, I woke up the next morning and by the grace of God, I was able to make it there. And it was such an amazing time and we ministered. But my favorite moment was after conference, at the end of conference three, a Six one inmate uh, by the name we'll call her Mia uh, came up to me after I was done preaching and worship was 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 kind of ending and she's like, "Can I have the microphone?" Now I don't know if she can sing. I don't know if she, what she's going to say. I don't know if she's going to cuss people. I don't know. But so I was I wanted to say no. But when a six one prison inmate and in like a jumper asks you for yeah. the microphone, the only answer is yes. So she you said, have "Whatever I, you want." Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So I give her the microphone and she starts rapping and like literally the whole room opens up. It was she was legit good, like legit good. That's crazy. And then she started singing, and after she started singing, there was a hook, and the hook was "It's just me and Jesus." Figure, figure, it's just me and Jesus, and the the whole pod was going crazy. We were all screaming, it's just me and Jesus. Like the guards figured that there was going to be like a riot or something that was going to happen after that, right? <laughs> and like that was it. And the beauty about prison ministry is that people have life transformation. But the sad part is that you don't really know what happens to their life. Mm. Pause. 
Three years later, I'm speaking at a conference in Dallas, Texas, and I remember the passage that I spoke on. Of course, it's Pauline, because I love me some Paul. It was that Romans were more than conquerors, all this other stuff. Well, as I'm done with the conference, I'm walking backstage to go get my purse and go sit back in the auditorium when all of a sudden I see somebody wearing a volunteer t-shirt. It was lime green, never forget. And they're, they're, they're yelling. It's a distance. They're yelling, Pastor Bianca, Pastor Bianca. And, you know, I'm kind of disoriented. I'm in Texas. I, I, I'm not in California. I didn't know who was there. And so I just yeah. kind of waved or whatever. And she said, Pastor Bianca, Pastor Bianca. And then security guard came over and was just like, you know, do you know her? Like, do you want me to stop this or whatever? And I looked at him. And before I could even respond, I hear, it's just me and Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. And I look at her. And the security said, do you know her? I said, hell yeah, I do. I don't want to offend <laughs> yeah. any listeners right now, but that's literally what came out of my mouth. I couldn't believe that's it. Crazy. And I said, Mia, she runs over and I, lo- I lost my mind. I lost oh, my yeah. mind. I just started sobbing. And as she told me that when she saw that I was going to be at this conference, she tried registering, but the conference was sold out. And so the only way that she can get into the conference was by volunteering. And she prayed to God that she would be able to connect with me. And here we are, three years after she was inca- incarcerated, reunited. She was serving the Lord. She was at church. She was walking with Jesus. And let me tell you the reason why we don't quit. We never know who is on the other side of our obedience. We mm. don't, in our pain, in our sacrifice, in our loss, in our disappointment, in our perseverance, in our endurance, guess what? Somebody might find freedom. That's why we don't give up. That's why we get back up. And that's why we don't quit. That is so good. Bianca, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing some wisdom with our listeners. I'm not going to add anything to that. Because that was incredible. How do you top an inmate story? You don't. You don't do it. So, hey, Bianca, for real, thank you so much. Um, For the listeners, Bianca's book, Grit, Don't Quit, comes out August 28th. And um, there'll be links for all of those giveaways and pre-orders down below. Um, Bianca, thanks so much for spending time with us. It was so much fun. We'd love to do it again soon. Have you here in person would be so much fun. Love it. Um, but thanks for doing what you do in SoCal. Um, I believe so much in this state and, uh, what you guys are doing is making a massive impact. So thank you so much. And thanks for coming on. All right, listeners, we'll catch you in the next one. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free Story Behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.